Hello, everyone. What's up? Welcome back to the Freelance Friday podcast and happy Friday. Hope you all had an amazing week. I'm here today with an interview. Finally, I told you that I've been slacking lately. It's been a crazy busy time for me, but I'm excited to have gotten this one edited and ready to go. This is an interview with Allison Colin Thome. She is the creator of Career Off Script, and we had a really great conversation about finding out what the heck you want to do with your life. And I just thought that it was very, very helpful. Some of the things that she talked about were things that I don't think we've really covered here on the podcast too much before. I know I've talked to plenty of people who've taken their side hustles full time, but I haven't talked to too many people who moved to a totally different country to launch their business and kind of go on, I guess, what you would call a sabbatical which is something that Allison did and I found really inspirational and interesting and um, just totally different from anything that we've talked about on the show before. So hope you enjoyed the episode. I really enjoyed chatting with her. And as always, I would love it if you are enjoying the episode or the show in general to please leave me a rating and review on iTunes just so others can discover the show as well and go ahead and, you know, share the show, screenshot the episode if you'd like and tag me in your Instagram story so I know you're out there listening. And yeah, I would love to talk to you guys and, and hear what you have to say about the episode. My Instagram is a journey east underscore. And with that, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Freelance Friday podcast. My name is Latasha James and I'm your host. This podcast is a deep dive into the challenging, exciting, and oh-so-rewarding world of freelancing. From tips and advice to interviews with the people who are doing it right, this show is for anyone looking to get their hands a little bit dirty and make monetizing their passion a reality. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. I am here today with Allison Colin Thome. In her work at Career Off Script, she helps young professionals find fulfilling work by getting them clear on who they are and what they need to be happy outside of real life expectations. So she's got a lot to share with us today from background on her own career journey to advice to building a business while working a nine to five. So I'm excited to chat with her. Welcome to the show, Allison. Thanks so much, Latasha. Awesome. I'm excited you're here. So why don't we get started by just talking a little bit about you. Can you let us know what exactly you do at Career Offscript and how you got started? Sure. So right now at Career Offscript, I'm focusing on working with young professionals, as you mentioned. So really young professionals that are feeling lost and unfulfilled in their current job. So in our work together, I help them to get clear on what drives them, what they uniquely need to be happy because everyone's different. So they can overcome those real world expectations and have the career ultimately that they are passionate about. So my journey actually has been, it's been really a 12 year journey, I would say. Um, It's really started with after university, I went to the UK for a couple years and I had a job as a receptionist there at a property surveyor firm. And the lesson that I got from that job is today my strongest career lesson that I've ever had. So basically what happened is, I don't know if you've ever been a receptionist, 
But when you are, you're the front face of the company, right? You see everyone coming and going. Yeah. And every morning I would see the property surveyors that would come in to work. And like whether it was Monday, Wednesday, or Friday, their energy was always pretty consistent. Whereas the secretaries coming into work, I mean, Monday, they were just like miserable. <laughs> pretty awful. <laughs> yeah. Wednesday, they'd get a bit more energetic. Friday, they'd just be, you know, like jumping for joy. I remember the Thursday before the Easter four-day long weekend, they were ecstatic just to have that time off. And I remember watching it and just thinking, I never wanted to live like that. I never wanted to wish the week away like that. So I think that idea always stuck with me. And I came home with that idea after a couple of years trying to find like that thing. I think at that time I had no idea what it was, um, but I just knew I wanted to love the work I was doing. And I started uh, working in recruitment, went back to school for HR, um, started working in corporate HR in 2011 ever since, but was never truly fulfilled. Like I sort of had the one year, eight month itch where, where every time it got to that period, I would switch another job, hoping, you know, to find your fit. And I just never did. I just never did. And one year, a few years ago, I was lucky enough to be able to take a few months off and finally get really clear on like everything that I'd been lacking, what I wanted for myself going forward, the the type of work that I love doing, the type of work I didn't want to do. Um, and one thing that was really key for me, I got really clear on the lifestyle I wanted to have. So I've always been a major traveler. Um, ever since I came back from London, I've kept traveling with friends independently, etc. And I knew that a nine to five job would just not give me the flexibility that I wanted in my life. Uh, so that led me to an online business and entrepreneurship, which led me to coaching. And I went to coaching school and I kind of just went from there. That's awesome. And yeah, I guess I should should back up a little bit. So you're, you're based in the Toronto area, right? Yes, I cool. am. GTA. I love Toronto. Toronto is like my favorite city ever. Oh, really? <laughs> I know that you've been here before. Yeah. It's really nice to hear that you love it so much. I do. I love it. I would, I would definitely live there. Well, I mean, I think it's easy to say that when you don't live <laughs> in a place. So I'm mm -hmm. sure there's things that people don't like about it, but yeah, it's not too far from me. So I try to go a couple times a year at least. Oh, um, well, we have to meet up next. Yeah. Time. Yeah. That'd be yeah. great. Yeah. But yeah, that's cool. So, so traveling away from Toronto has helped you kind of discover like what you want out of your life and ultimately your career. So, so how do you even go about like, I, I know that a lot of people talk about designing your life and, um, you know, really just creating the lifestyle that you want for yourself and then tying that back to your career. But sometimes I feel like it just feels so unrealistic. Like, I mean, I love to travel, but it, I, I think it's hard to really picture that being a reality for yourself. How did you like break that down into actionable, realistic steps, I guess? So I think, first of all, when you are 
surrounded by people who are not doing what you want to do, it's hard to feel like, like what you want could be a reality, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So when, you know, when you're always surrounded by people who are in a nine to five lifestyle and not to knock a nine to five at all, right? Because I know a lot of people who that structure and that type of routine really works for them and that's great. But when you have sort of grown up in that, which we have with going to school and then you naturally just enter a nine to five and you know, your friends and family are in that nine to five experience as well. It's hard to imagine that something else is possible or realistic. Um, so the first thing I think that really shifted for me is just surrounding yourself with people or talking to people or connecting with people who are doing what you want to do. Because then you realize that it's not actually a big deal. It's not actually that hard. There's a way to do it if they're doing it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Where did you start finding people? And, and you know, did you have friends that were doing this? Or did you kind of take things online? Were you just researching a lot? So I think in terms of traveling, like uh, you always see a big um, shift in the community of travelers, right? So travelers in general, they're always, I find, doing something different, whether they're working online or they're just uh, freelancing, etc. So I think the first time I moved abroad, that was the first kind of awakening for me to see that this kind of life or, you know, just travel experience or moving abroad was something that you can have in your life. And then when it came time to uh, just having more of an online experience, I actually found, so first I found uh, Rebecca Treese's blog in that time when I took a few months off um, and I was doing my, my own research. I found her blog and she had a very similar background to mine, at least I thought so, but she was doing the type of work and she was living the type of lifestyle that I wanted for myself. So right away that told me that it was possible, right? Um, so finding that one piece, I think that was really key. It's, it's funny. I, I wonder what would have happened if I hadn't found her blog, because that was really <laughs> the one piece that kind of tipped everything for me. And wow. then after I found her blog, she has a Facebook group uh, that are all online entrepreneurs. And joining that Facebook group was another level for me, because there are people in so many different stages of having an online business who are just ordinary people uh, doing what I wanted to do. So I actually, not this winter season, but the last winter season, went to Columbia for six months. And I don't think I would have had the courage to go unless I had first kind of posted the idea in the group and got all the encouragement from everyone there. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, having a, having a support system is so important. And I mean, that's one of the things for me that helped me too was Facebook groups, honestly. Like before I had the courage to talk to my friends and family even sometimes, just reading mm -hmm. through other people's stories and, and you know, like, like we said, like realizing that it is possible and that you're not, you don't have this wild idea that other people have done this and not only done this, but like been successful at it too. 
I think can really help give you a hundred percent. Yeah. Because my, none of my friends in Toronto, at least have, uh, have online businesses or live abroad. Not that they weren't and aren't 110% supportive of me. They completely are, but, uh, they haven't done something that I can learn from in that respect, right? And my family, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say that they're not supportive, but they don't understand. And a lot of families are just going to err on the side of caution, right? Because it's fear. Yep. So obviously they, they didn't want me to go to Columbia. My mother was very against it. So if, I didn't get, <laughs> so if I didn't get the encouragement from those other people, um, I wouldn't have done it. And that goes for a lot of the choices that I've made in my life. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So, so talk to me a little bit about how you actually started building this business. Once you kind of got the courage and the inspiration and you, you know, you did your coaching training, where did you go from there? I know you were working your nine to five while building this business, correct? I was. So um, I was doing a one-year contract uh, while I was doing my coaching training, but I always had the idea of going to Columbia um, for a few reasons. I knew I wanted to get this business off the ground and I wanted to just have the time to really focus on the business and nothing else. Um, And I knew that I wouldn't be able to to do that in Toronto, paying Toronto rent. So Columbia was a great reason for that. I mean, any country, but for so many different reasons, I settled on Columbia. Um, I wanted to learn Spanish for like nine years. I have some really great friends that are Latin. Uh, I wanted to get away from a Toronto winter. And I've always just wanted to live in a Latin American country. I yeah. want to have that adventure again of living abroad. So for all those reasons, it just seemed like a really great choice to to go to Columbia and get the business off the ground. I knew, though, that when I came back, because I knew I wanted to come back again and restart my life in Toronto, I wouldn't yet be in a place where I could do the business full time. And I think knowing that before I even set out really helped me come back and transition back into a nine to five and continue to build the business on the side, which is where I am now. Yeah, I love that. That's that's great. I would never even put those pieces together of living abroad for some of those reasons. But I think that's that's a really great idea, especially when it comes to like the cost of living and um, also being able to simultaneously kind of check some things off your bucket list and, and learn some new skills. I think that's really smart. Yeah, so, absolutely. yeah. So can you talk a little bit about your experience, you know, working your business on the side of a nine to five? I know that's definitely a place where a lot of my listeners are at too. So any tips you have on balancing and prioritizing, I think that'd be really helpful. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have tips, but I, full transparency, it's still a struggle for me. It is hard. Uh, I think I really underestimated how hard it would be to continue building a business while working, you know, a full day job during the week, coming home and evenings are so tired. And I work in corporate HR, right? It's a desk job where you're looking at a computer all day. So it's quite draining to come home and, and continue working. And then on the weekends, 
you want to be out, you want to be socializing, you know, basically living your life, but to continue working on your business, it's really hard. And it takes a lot of self-discipline and self-motivation. So I just want to say like, by no means, I'm an expert at it. And I'm still learning as I go, for sure. I think the number one thing that I have learned, though, is to try not to put pressure on myself and you're always doing the best you can because I remember um, the first few months when I came back um, from Columbia and I was looking for a job and looking for a place to live and still trying to work on the business and I was just stressed to the max right because you just feel like like everyone else out there is having these hugely successful businesses and you know, there's people in the industry that preach about doing nothing else but breathing and eating your business, and that's how you become successful. And the fact that you feel like you can't do it, it's it's really stressful. It was a lot of pressure I put on myself. So I I really try first and foremost not to do that, um, and just to take every day. The second thing that I've always been trying to do and have been learning is routine is just king for me. Um, so I, even on the weekends, try and wake up always at the same time. I've even gotten into the routine where I am eating the same things for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I know very quickly how to cook it. So routine is really big, I would say. Um, also what has really shifted for me is exercising. So for the past couple of months, I've been starting to walk every day to work and sometimes walk back and even just, you know, an hour and a half a day of walking or something like that really makes a huge difference in just my mindset as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think like when you're so busy, it's easy to cut that out. Like that for me was, it, which is terrible because your health, first of all, is so important, but it was just so easy for me to be like, you know what? I don't need to go to the gym. I can cut out yoga. That's an hour of my week or whatever it is. But you really need that time. Like even if it is, like you said, just a walk, one for me at least for sparking creativity and like doing some thinking. <laughs> it's some of the best time to get some some thoughts out. So yeah, I love that. Just finding a routine and, and making sure you're not neglecting obviously your health. It's mm-hmm. so important. It's your physical health and your your mental health as well, because I really, really noticed a a shift in my mindset as well once I really started to incorporate that the exercise into my daily routine. It was kind of incredible, um, the changes that it made for me. And uh, the thing is, I know it's hard, you know, because we are so busy, but scheduling it into my time, like literally putting it into my calendar, that is the last thing that's really made a huge shift for me. I not only put exercise into my calendar, but the things I want to accomplish each evening and each weekend, I put into my calendar. Yeah, yeah, I love that. You also talked about something that um, it brought up this phrase that I, I keep repeating to myself over and over again. It's comparison is the thief of joy. <laughs> um, and I do. I think you're so right. Like it's I, everybody online looks like they're just, you know, crushing it. And, oh, um, <laughs> and, and it's so easy to get kind of wrapped up in that. I think I actually did a video 
about Gary Vee and how, you know, he really inspired me when I first started um, when I was in college and I had that, you know, early 20 something energy. And, <laughs> um, but yeah, now, you know, just a decade or so later, it's crazy how my priorities have shifted. And I started to care about things like my health, things like my family. So I know that you mentioned some similar thoughts to me about, you know, just like not burning out and um, maybe not following some of those teachings so closely. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, I think like Gary P is a great example. Uh, I know very much in his tone and, and what he communicates, et cetera. He comes across as one of those people that is just like, you have to cut everything else out in your life if you're going to have this business. You just have to consume it 110%. And for me, that is part of what kind of led me to very early burnout in the first few months when I came back to Toronto because I was thinking if this is what I want for myself if I want this to happen like I have to just shut everything else out and every minute I have to just eat and drink my business and it it just got really draining for me it got really draining it got really lonely I mean I'm someone that needs connection I need to, that's part of the reason why I came back from Columbia. Actually, I was missing my circle that I have in Toronto and not having that was a huge drain on me as well. So I'm not sure if that is the best advice. It certainly didn't work for me. I don't think it would work for a lot of other people out there. And I'm all about now just, you know, taking the smaller steps and building it slowly. If it's going to take a bit longer for me to build my business and get it to a point where I can do it full time, but I'm going to enjoy those years in the meantime and have my health, then that is something that works better for me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's all about balance for me because, I mean, I just feel like when my personal life is good, my business is good and vice versa, like they definitely feed off of each other. So I, I, yeah, I think that's, that's great advice for sure. Mm -hmm. What else is hard is because not everybody knows the other commitments people have in their life, right? Like for instance, I was really fortunate to be able to go to Columbia to get the business off the ground, but a lot of people can't do that. You know, people have children or they're married or, you know, uh, 101 other commitments that they're not able to just take off for a few months. And I think it's just most important to find what works for you personally. Yeah, yeah, totally. Cool. So can we talk a little bit more about what exactly your clients can get out of working with you and kind of how you how you how you work with people who are interested in it? Sure. So it starts always with a consult call, uh, really, so I can go over my program with people. But also, I think first and foremost, so we can assess if we're the right fit, right? Because at the end of the day, there are so many different career coaches out there, but you have to work with someone who who's a fit for you and you're a fit for them, or else the entire work together is not going to not going to work. It's going to fall in its face. And essentially over the six weeks, 
we work together to get clear on what I think are the main foundations that everyone needs to know in order to have the work that is the most fulfilling and enjoyable to them. So one thing that we look at is their core values. You know, I think a lot of people and me included before I did coaching school think that they know what their values are, but a lot of people don't. And they're kind of key to making decisions in life, making your huge life choices. And they're unique to each person and they remain unchanged over your life. So if you're in a type of work that is not aligned with your values, you're never going to find fulfillment. So that's one thing that we look at. We also look at um, your ideal lifestyle and what that could be for you uniquely, because definitely I wanted to bring that in because that was something that was so key to me. Uh, we also look at in another week, your major why, right? And that could be different for everyone. Um, but essentially what it is, is why you're doing the work that you are doing. And I think that's so important is because there's sort of this huge myth around work, right? That if you find work you love every day, you're just going to be ecstatic doing it and so happy. And I really don't believe that's the case. Like you're still going to have your, your crap days and your shit moments. Yep. So in times when you have that, it's important to kind of have your anchor of why you're actually doing what you're doing. And then lastly, I have my clients uh, do like a task and in interest inventory, where in one week, they write down like every single thing that they're working on in their job or they're doing in their non-work time. And then we kind of dive deep on what that is, right? So they can get clear on what it is they actually enjoy doing and what they don't enjoy doing. And if there's stuff that they do, and they're not highly skilled at, I still 100% think that those are things to explore. I don't think that you should be following your strengths. I think that you should be following your likes because you can always improve your skill in a certain area. But if you're skilled at something and you don't like doing it, you're never going to enjoy it. Wow, that is so interesting. I love what you just said about following your likes. I, I feel like that's something that's scary for a lot of people <laughs> because like, I know just tying it back to me, I can totally relate to that because I've always been really good at writing. Like I've always, you know, in school, I've always been a great writer. Um, and I hate writing. Like I hate <laughs> it so much. I, I quit blogging, which I know is a dumb idea because SEO and all that stuff, but <laughs> I, I just can't. I cannot sit in front of a computer and write a blog post anymore. Um, and it's funny because I almost feel like guilty for that. You know, like I feel like I'm not using the skill that I have. Yeah, you're a neat gift. <laughs> yeah, but I just, it, it takes me like 10 hours to write a blog post because I just, I just don't like don't it. enjoy it. Yeah. And imagine if you branched out into a career as a writer. Oh my gosh. You're so good. No. I mean, You'd probably be making a lot of money, but you'd be miserable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, that's great. That's really great advice. And it's true. Like you said, you know, on the contrary, there are things that maybe I'm not 
innately talented at, but I can, I can learn them. You know, I think when you really are passionate about something or you really like something, you can usually learn the skill. Of course, there, there are just strengths and natural strengths and weaknesses that people have, but I think that's really important. If this is the work you're going to be doing for the next, you know, who knows, possibly a few decades, <laughs> you should at least like it a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Follow, follow what you enjoy doing. Like I not a great public speaker but it's strange there's something about it that I do really enjoy and because I have that enjoyment I envision myself one day doing more live talks so that is an area that I want to get better at that's surprising to me that you said you're not so great at it because I feel like you would be really great at it (laughs) but I also think uh I, I really like the idea too of like getting better at something. I think it gives you something to work towards. And sometimes when you're in a job where you're just naturally so good at it, it can be really boring. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I agree. No challenges. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have that, especially if you're going to be doing this for a long time. It's like, I almost don't want to be amazing at it on day one. I want to have something to work towards. Yeah, and I think that's part of where you find your value, right, by kind of overcoming those challenges one by one. I mean, if you're so great at something, but you're not being challenged by it anymore, you're kind of just coasting, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, totally. So uh, let's talk a little bit about where you're finding your clients and, and how you're kind of marketing your business. So are most of your coaching clients that you get, are they like referral-based or do you have kind of um, a marketing strategy? To be totally honest, I don't have a marketing strategy. I'm still sort of in the place where um, it's all sort of an experiment. You know, like in the beginning, I was writing articles for different blogs and that was great in the way because it helped me connect with other online entrepreneurs, especially um, online entrepreneurs in the Toronto community which was really helpful. But then I noticed I wasn't getting a lot of traction from the articles. So then in reaching out to people and asking them if I could share value on, you know, their different podcasts, that has uh, helped as well. But that has also been really helpful because you're just still, again, connecting with other entrepreneurs. And I totally think collaboration over competition is the way to go. Yeah, The other thing... Yeah. The other thing I would say is, so in the beginning, I was doing a lot of one-on-one outreach. And it's interesting because initially I didn't really see um, a lot of uptake from that. But I think now that's where my referrals are coming through from. Like, oh, I heard from so-and-so that you're doing this. And I was wondering if we could jump on a call so I could find out more about it. So I would definitely say that and doing the one-on-one outreach, even if you think someone is not a fit or not interested in that time, they kind of keep that nugget of what you're doing in their mind. And the next time they come across someone that could be a potential client, I do find that they sort of transfer that information over. So that has been super helpful. And the other thing now that I really want to start getting into is LinkedIn video. I think uh, LinkedIn is definitely where my audience is. And I think LinkedIn video and LinkedIn engagement in general, um, they say, I mean, you would know way more than me, but I think it's, it's really starting to boom. Yes. Yeah, it definitely is. LinkedIn is the number one place that I recommend. Honestly, not just people in 
your industry, but honestly, so many entrepreneurs are under using LinkedIn right now, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, LinkedIn video, they actually just launched live video, which is exciting. And they're really prioritizing just video in general on the platform. And LinkedIn doesn't have the same algorithm that, you know, Instagram and Facebook does where, you know, 1% of your audience is going to see your posts. So it's just a really good time to be on it. So that's awesome. Awesome to hear. So are you on LinkedIn a lot? I am. Yeah. I, I, I am still kind of figuring out my, I guess, um, business presence, if you will. Mm -hmm. I, like you, I worked in the corporate world for a long time. So my LinkedIn profile is still very corporate, but I'm looking to start posting some of my videos on there and, um, yeah, just getting a little more active in that community. So, but yeah, I am on LinkedIn and honestly, I get so many leads, even with my LinkedIn being very corporate, I still get so many leads coming to me on LinkedIn without really even trying. So it's a great, a great platform to be on for sure. Yeah. I'm excited to get on it more. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So if people wanted to work with you, you said first step is to have kind of an alignment call to see if there's a fit. How would they go about doing that? So they can contact me through my website, careeropscript.com. They can definitely send me a message on my Facebook page as well. Um, I've had people actually (laughs) slip into my DMs on Instagram, which is totally cool. I don't mind that either. Or send send me a message on LinkedIn. LinkedIn makes it super easy now to connect because you can send a larger personal note to connect with people. Yeah. Um, so you can send more of an introduction, which still super bugs me, especially this is the recruiter in me, when people <laughs> send a connect request, especially candidates, and they don't send a personal note. That is a waste of time. Don't do that. Oh, that's a really good tip. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think a lot of people forget about that. Or, or I don't know if they still do this, but I know... They used to just have that default one that's like, hi, I'd like to connect on LinkedIn or whatever it is. And it's like, and they just send that. (laughs) Here's the option now to send a personal note. Always, always send a personal note. Especially if I don't know you, send a personal note. Yeah, that's a great, a great tip. Yeah, I have a lot of um, connection requests too that I, I don't know what to do with because I don't know who they are. And like, I don't know, I'm, I know that the idea of LinkedIn is you're supposed to have known or worked with the person to add them, or at least that's what it used to be. Mm. I don't, I don't necessarily believe that. Like, I think, you know, I'm open to meeting new people on there, but Mm -hmm. I need to know why (laughs) I I need to connect with you. You know, I don't just want to add complete random people. So that's, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think I have the same approach to it as you do. Yeah. Cool. So besides LinkedIn video, Um, is there anything that we should look out for anything new that you're trying this year? Any, any big goals that you have right now? So my goal is, uh, by the end of this year, I would love to, it's funny. Okay. So it's two because initially my goal was by the end of this year, I would love to go part-time in a day job that I would have that amount of revenue coming in from the business. But recently I was speaking to another coach girlfriend of mine um, and she suggested spending another week, uh, 
winter abroad, Bali this time. So I'm actually looking into going to Bali over the winter and then spending about maybe four months there and then coming back from Bali and being able to run my business full time at that point, because I will just be working my butt off in Bali. So that is the major goal that I'm working towards right now. That's awesome. Well, have fun in Bali. I want to go so badly. It looks amazing. So that'll be awesome. You know, that that brought up one last question, actually, too. Um, you saying that. I think a lot of people are afraid to, you know, maybe leave a job or, and, and I'm never the one to be like, quit your job. You know, no, like I'm all about people following their own paths and doing things at their own speed. But mm-hmm. I think it's interesting because you went abroad um, once already and you're, you know, considering doing that again. Were you afraid, I guess, that there wouldn't be another job when you came back? Or, um, you know, I think sometimes we get in this mindset where it's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to quit my job and like ruin my life forever. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Was that a thought in your mind? And if so, like, how did you kind of get past that? Well, to be completely honest, I had thought about living in a Latin American country for about four years. So it wasn't it wasn't a thing where it's like, oh, I'm just going to go to Columbia for a few months and, and that's it. And I just quit my job and went, right? It it really did take me a long time to get to the point where I felt confident enough to buy the ticket and tell my family and actually follow through. So that's the first thing. I think the other thing that really helped was I came to the point where my corporate HR career was not the job that I was prioritizing anymore because that became just a job to, you know, pay my rent and let me eat and pay my other daily expenses. But it wasn't the thing that was my future work. And I realized that going to Columbia, it would be aligning with my future work it would be the thing that would let me propel my my business really and when I realized those things that was the major shift and that allowed me to kind of take that next step and buy the ticket and quit my job and just go the other thing too is that and this is again where I think I'm really fortunate um In Toronto, I don't know what it's like in Detroit, but in Toronto, a recruitment job is a dime a dozen. It's Mm -hmm. sort of like, it's sort of like maybe an account accounting job, right? So I knew the market enough to knew that I could come back and get another recruiting job if I had to. And again, not everyone has that, has that advantage, right? And I'm really aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good advice. And, um, Yeah, I think knowing the market is so important. And I also think that, and you probably know better than me because of your career, but I don't think that like taking time off or having like resume gaps as they call them is so looked down upon anymore because you know, to your point, it's, it's not like you quit your job and we're just laying on the beach. (laughs) You were, you had, you were working, you know? No, I was definitely. And to your point, when I came back home and started looking again for another job in the market, I put on my resume November to April, Columbia. I also put professional development and I put a few resume bullet points about what I was doing. But I purposely put that on my resume because I didn't want to go into an organization or a team 
that did not see that experience as valuable. And it's really funny because there's a um, office services assistant who her last day in our office was Friday because she's going to Vancouver, the other side of our country, to do a bit of traveling. She's over here on a working holiday visa. She's from Australia. And she was saying something really similar to me, like, I'm nervous to do that, to have the gap in my resume. I just said, honestly, people don't care. If you put accurately on your resume, your life's journey, you're only going to end up in the right organization that's aligned to who you are. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's really good advice. Cool. Well, this has been really interesting and helpful for me. So um, I'm sure the listeners out there are going to feel the same way. Uh, Before we go though, can you let everyone know where exactly they can find you if they want to work with you or learn more about what you do? So I would say definitely careeropscript.com on my website is probably one of the main places to go. And I would say next, um, since I really want to start pushing out more and more content on LinkedIn, just find me on my personal profile on LinkedIn, send me a message and yeah, we can chat. Awesome. Sounds good. I will definitely be finding you on LinkedIn too. (laughs) Yes, I will too. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Allison. This has been really great. I'm going to be sure to link all those links in the show notes as well. And yeah, I enjoyed talking to you. So thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thanks so much. I enjoyed it so much as well, Natasha. Awesome. And that's it for this episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to let me know. Rating this podcast is a huge help. And you can also tweet me at a journey east with comments, questions, or suggestions for future episodes. Lastly, make sure to join my private Facebook group, Money Making Micro Influencer, if you're interested in elevating your influence and taking charge of your personal brand. There are so many like-minded, bright individuals in there, and it's a place I love to offer up free advice and a little bit of extra fun into. You can find it by searching Facebook for Money Making Micro Influencer. It'll also be linked in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.